Good morning, friends. Today is Friday, May 22nd, 2020. I get to have a nice long time with you this morning. Um, I have, it is one of my scheduled Fridays off. So I I think that makes up for (laughs) my rather scanty offering yesterday. I certainly have realized that for me at least, and everyone is different. That's kind of part of my point. The quick morning prayer, um, where I'm really just taking 20 minutes and reading through and not giving myself the time to stop and reflect is not enough. It does not for me fill me up. And so I am going to have to figure something else out with my, my week schedule. Um, whether it's preparing meals ahead so that I can get to bed earlier and get up at, go ahead and be astonished, four in the morning, because I think that's what it's going to take to be able to really spend the time in prayer that I need and also get my workout time in. So that means going to bed at eight, right? This is, this is the balance of life. I'm trying to find that wonderful rhythm of life and soul that Celtic spirituality talks about that I've been reading about in Anamkara. I'm reading that book through again with Jack in the evenings. And it's just as profound the second time through. (laughs) Well, all of that being said, I am just overjoyed to be here with you, my friends, this morning. Our readings for today are... Psalms 85 and 86, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. This morning, I'm going to go ahead and read the gospel reading as well, since I have time and we can all read together. And this way, I'll do evening prayer with Jack offline. He does not like to be recorded. Sorry, guys. So we'll do um, one prayer session and do everything together. So it's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 22 through 27. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Jesus Christ has ascended into heaven. Come, let us adore them. Alleluia. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thank- let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For God is a great God and a great ruler above all gods. 
In God's hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are God's also. The sea is God's, for God made it, and God's hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For this is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to God's voice. Alleluia. Christ has ascended into heaven. Come, let us adore them. Alleluia. Psalm 85. God, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again so that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O God, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God, the ruler of all rulers, will speak. For God will speak peace to God's people, to the faithful, to those who turn to God in their hearts. Surely God's salvation is at hand for those who fear God, that God's glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. God will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before God, and will make a path for God's steps. Psalm 86. Incline your ear, O God, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O God, for to you do I cry all day long. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O God, I lift up my soul. For you, O God, are good and forgiving abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ear, O God, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. In the day of my trouble, I call on you, for you will answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O God, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and bow down before you. O God, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O God, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart to revere your name. I give thanks to you, my ruler, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. God, the insolent rise up against me. A band of ruffians seeks my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O God, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the child of your serving girl. Show me a sign of your favor so that those who hate me may see it and be put to shame, because you, God, have helped me and comforted me. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1-10. through 10. Hannah prayed, and she said, My heart exalts in the Lord, my strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like God, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For God is a God of knowledge, and by God actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, 
but she who has many children is forlorn. God kills and brings to life. God brings down to Sheol and raises up. God makes poor and makes rich. God brings low, God also exalts. God raises up the poor from the dust. God lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are God's and on them God has set the world. God will guard the feet of God's faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might does one prevail. O God, God's adversaries shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. God will judge the ends of the earth. God will give strength to God's ruler and exalt the point, power of the one he has anointed. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, a song of Ezekiel. I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. A reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1-10. through 10. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which God loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Christ and seated us with Christ in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come God might show the immeasurable riches of God's grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not the result of works so that no one may boast for we are what God has made us created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle K, a song of our adoption. Blessed are you, the God and creator of our ruler, Jesus Christ, for you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Before the world was made, you chose us to be yours in Christ, that we should be holy and blameless before you. You destined us for adoption as your children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of your glorious grace that you have freely given us in the beloved. In you, we have redemption through the blood of Christ, Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of your grace which you have lavished upon us. You have made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of your will, according to your good pleasure which you set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather together all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 through 27. On that day, many will say to me, God, God, did we not prophesy in your name? and cast out demons in your name, and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. 
everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise person who built their house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish person who built their house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. The Holy Gospel of our Redeemer. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let's affirm our faith together with the spoken affirmation of faith written by John Schiminger of St. John's Grace Episcopal Church, Buffalo, based on Ephesians 3, 14 through 17. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let's just go ahead and do this whole hog. <laughs> and in place of suffrages, say the longer um, responsive healing prayers from Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. This is a litany for healing, pray for the world in the church, particularly for God's healing grace, found on page 30 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. I have a few names to offer publicly, and then I have several to offer silently. Perhaps the same might be true for you. Jacob, Jack, Colin, Paul, Oscar, Dave, Joey, Arlene, Jane, all of those suffering from COVID-19, whether directly or I was going to say indirectly, but I'm not sure that's, that's right. Whether, you've, whether they have contracted the disease or are affected by it in other ways. I pray for clarity for all of our people that we may discern what is truth and what is mistaken or even deliberate misleading and that we may see our way forward in, in the way that is most healthful and helpful for all. I pray especially for those whom have passed, their families, that they might receive the comfort and great joy of knowing that your power and redemption reaches across all time and space so they may still feel the presence of their loved ones here, and yet they are also in heaven with you. That the imprint they have made on the earth and the people they have touched is everlasting, and also they are eternally at home in heaven with God. 
we are going to answer have mercy after each petition. Normally, as you know or might know, um, the leader of the service or appointed person would give the verse or petition and the congregation would give the response because it sounds so odd to have blank space. I say both, but the response, have mercy, is yours, my friends. So thank you for allowing me to speak in this moment on your behalf, knowing also in this moment across time and space that you are speaking. Thank you. Let us offer our prayers for God's healing, saying, hear and have mercy. Holy God, source of health and salvation, hear and have mercy. Holy and mighty, wellspring of abundant life, hear and have mercy. Holy immortal one, protector of the faithful, hear and have mercy. Holy Trinity, the source of all wholeness, hear and have mercy. Blessed Jesus, your holy name is medicine for healing and a promise of eternal life. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, descendant of David, you healed all who came to you in faith. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, child of Mary, you embraced the world with your love. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, divine physician, you sent your disciples to preach the gospel and heal in your name. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, our true mother, you feed us the milk of your compassion. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, son of God, you take away our sin and make us whole. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, eternal Christ, your promised spirit renews our hearts and minds. Hear and have mercy. Grant your grace to heal those who are sick. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage and faith to all who are disabled through injury or illness. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Comfort, relieve, and heal all sick children. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage to all who await surgery. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Support and encourage those who live with chronic illness. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Strengthen those who endure continual pain and give them hope. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Grant the refreshment of peaceful sleep to all who suffer. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Befriend all who are anxious, lonely, despondent, or afraid. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Restore those with mental illness to clarity of mind and hopefulness of heart. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give rest to the weary and hold the dying in your loving arms. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Help us to prepare for death with confident expectation and hope of Easter joy. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give your wisdom and compassion to healthcare workers, that, we may minister, that they may minister to the sick and dying with knowledge, skill, and kindness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Uphold those who keep watch with the sick, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Guide those who search for the causes and cures of sickness and disease, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, Lamb of God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, bearer of our sins, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, hear and have mercy. Compassionate God, you so loved the world that you sent us, Jesus, to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, Christ revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ, who suffered and died for us, conquered death, and now reigns with you in glory, 
Hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us. Make us whole and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that as we believe your word made flesh, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to have ascended into heaven, so we may also in heart and mind there ascend, and with Christ continually dwell, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble creation, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us use as our prayer for mission the prayer attributed to St. Francis. It is prayer 62 found on page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Because we have given our intercessions during the healing prayers, um, lifted up those names on our prayer list. And I just love that format. Um, If you're like me, you have several prayer lists with several sources, some public, some private, some upon request, some that God has laid upon your heart. And being able to just lift the names up in the midst of that litany of healing Oh, it just feels to me like the Holy Spirit is just covering it with grace. And so I hope that's the same for you. So what we'll do here is we'll talk a little bit about the readings, if you all are willing. (laughs) And if not, you're always welcome to fast forward me. (laughs) That probably goes without saying. So looking first at our Psalms. We read today Psalms 85 and 86. There are a few things that I noted here, particularly in Psalm 85, I noted that this Psalm requests for revival again, restoration again. And I believe that this is heartening to us because it reminds us that we will need rescue and redemption and salvation and restoration and revival repeatedly. God's salvation is not something to be experienced once and then you are done. It is, it really has a rhythm along with the seasons of your life over and over and over again. And I was talking with a dear friend of mine um, the other night who is a, I guess the word I would use is a joyful servant, and he may correct me if, I, if I'm misspeaking, but um, for a recovery ministry for a 12-step program, and we were talking about how um, people in recovery, and I do believe that we are all in recovery, we may not all be in recovery from the same 
wounds, but we are all in recovery. Um, but that aside, are, are just really precious and especially anointed bearers of God's love and messages because they have received so much from God and they have taken, we have taken, let's just say we, we have taken that responsibility to then give forth what we have been given very seriously. And one thing that people in recovery, I believe we know well, is that you will, relapse is a word that's often used, whatever word speaks best to you here, but you will relapse. And each relapse looks different. It might not be, for example, if you're an alcoholic, having another drink. But at any rate, we all relapse. And we all need restoration again. And it is the, it is what we do. And Brene Brown called this rising strong. It is what we do after the trip up after the relapse, after the stumble. I think, I think stumble is a good word for me today as, as I'm thinking about paths, right? It's what we do with the stumble, actually. Not even just after, but what we do with the stumble. And it is through those stumbles that so often God brings such great transformation. And it is painful, but through and on the other side of that, there is, is so much blessing. And that dedication, I am, I am led by it. And when I see my beloved, my beloved siblings in Christ stumble, and then cooperatively transform with God into the next glory of their created being. It gives me so much hope and faith and sustenance and ability to go on. So that's what speaks to me about Psalm 85 today. And honestly, that's not what I originally thought I was going to talk about. And that's what's so powerful for me about being able to sit here and verbally share with you. I, I feel that even though you are not physically present, and there are so many that are not physically present right now in so many ways, you guide me, my friends. You guide me to an understanding that I did not have before I came together with you. And thank you for that. Psalm 86 is a glorious example of the psalmist giving thanks to God for all of the transformative, blessed stumbles. And I don't say blessed lightly. I never intend to say that God makes bad things happen for a reason. No, God uses bad things that happen for blessing and transformation and the spreading of God's love. So that being said, the psalmist is both thanking God for all God's salvation that God has given and crying out to God for salvation in the present moment. And we can have faith, friends. There, God has saved us time and time again. And there are many times that we don't even know about. And so God will save us this time too. In our reading from 1 Samuel, I'm going to focus in on the first part of verse 9. God will guard the feet of God's faithful ones. I pray all the time for God to show me the one right next step, and I pray this for a lot of my friends too. And this to me says, God will show me where to place my feet. God will guard my feet that they are on the right path because grace covers those stumbles, those mistakes, those lessons, I have, I have another friend who says we shouldn't use the word mistake. We should just use the word lesson. 
God guards our feet, even through the lessons, to ensure that we get to where God is guiding us. Though it might seem like it is through a dark valley or a bog, it might even be through a dark valley in a bog, both literally and figuratively, God will guide us when our hearts are turned towards God and when our vision is focused on God, even when we stumble, God will guard our feet and make sure that we get on the path. And that to me is so helpful because I feel like there's so much that I don't know. And quite frankly, I have so much anxiety about those things that are out of my control. And as many, many times, it's hundreds of times that the Bible says, don't worry. I still struggle with worry. And when worry trips me up, I have faith that God guards my feet. I've got a couple more things to say quickly about the Psalms and the Hebrew scripture reading for today. Um, There's a lot of juxtaposition there between the righteous and the faithful and how God is gonna protect and guide them and the wicked and the faithless and how God is going to punish them. And I really honestly feel that the interpretation of that that most speaks to me today and and that resonates as truth as I know it is, is not that God is angry or wrathful like humans get, but that in, in our human willful turning away from God, we cause separation from God and that separation feels like wrath and anger and as the second part of the verse we were reading 9b says cut off in darkness and I think it's very interesting that then the last piece is for not by might does one prevail and I think that there is the lesson when we overly focus on either our own might or other humans might we get turned around we get we get twisted in the wrong direction we're like a a plant that's no longer growing towards the sun and of course we are going to experience pain and withering and loss of life but this is not coming from God this is a natural consequence of our turning away from God and when we talk to circle back again about God um, guarding our feet when we turn our focus back to God when we turn our hearts back to God when we reach through the wounding the anxiety whatever it is that is blocking the light to continue the plant metaphor then we are brought back to God but God has never left us and I have felt this in one way recently I know I talked to you this morning a little bit about and you guys have heard me say this before you're like Jacob when are you going to get this figured out you just need your hour and a half of time with God in the morning and and yes friends like I have figured that out so but I'm gonna keep stumbling so keep 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 showing God's grace to me I really appreciate it um but you know I've I've been I've been caught up in in a lack of of life and soul rhythm in this particular season and I'm really trying to make it work and I was and I mean this only for myself, it is not true for all. We do not all need the same amount and format and setting and context of time with God to be nourished. For me personally, in this season, I need that time with God in this daily office in the morning and I was skimping myself on it because I'm, I'm trying to fit things in. And 
I've spoken about this before. Perhaps it still speaks to you. <laughs> I, I honestly get kind of jealous of people who say that this, this season is very restful for them because for me, it is, it is not. For me, it is an impossibility to get the prescribed eight hours of sleep and also the hour and a half of time with God that I need and also my half hour of workout and also to shower and have breakfast and all of these things. Um, and so I just have to pray that I can take what I, I have to God and God will make it enough. But this, I felt, I felt my anxiety increase. I felt my peace decrease when I was not getting the time that I needed with God. And so in this way, I feel that I can count myself in this season. I've experienced it in other ways in other seasons. Please believe me in that. There have been much more obvious ways in, in which I've been learning lessons. Um, but this one is a little bit of a nuanced one. I, I, I felt a taste of, of that darkness of the coldness of being apart from God just by not giving God and me the time that we needed together. And I, I think I've, I've rambled on long enough about that. Thank you for, for bearing with me, my dear friends. Um, let's talk now about our New Testament reading. Or our epistle reading. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Kind of get away from the whole Old Testament, New Testament thing. Um, but at any rate, I think that that what we were just talking about kind of leads into this. When we're dead through the trespasses and sins, we're dead because we've focused our, our field of view on something that's not God. And so God becomes distorted and out of focus for us. But even then, God is at work. God doesn't stop working on us, loving us, working for us. God doesn't stop God's love or action or action through love, even when it is if we are dead. God's grace saves us. And that's, I can't remember if I talked to you guys about it or if it was kind of during the period that I mentioned recently where I wasn't saying that much in, in the morning to you, but I became very aware that attempting to rationalize justification of my right to God's blessing is useless. That it is only through mercy that we receive grace. I found myself wanting my enemies to suffer and wanting myself to be restored and vindicated and blessed and trying to rationalize that, trying to justify like, well, save me, God, because I'm not that bad. I haven't done. And this gets us nowhere. This is the other side of that comparative suffering that we were talking about. Comparative justification is just as useless. And so with God's help, I am setting that aside and really trying to turn to a more, a more merciful way of thinking for myself and for my enemies that we all, oh, it's so hard. We all get mercy and grace and blessing and restoration and redemption through God's mercy, not by earning it, but just because God loves us. It has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. And we cannot earn it and we cannot lose it. And to get it, we have only to wake up and realize that God is giving it to us. And that's not easy. 
It is not easy. But it is there. Mercy and love and the keeping of our souls, even in the middle, and I am, please, I am not diminishing, there are terrible atrocities every day and they are deeply wounding. But even there is God's grace and mercy and healing. Even there. So God, show to me whatever is blocking my receiving your grace and mercy and love whatever the source is, whether the source is something that I've hung on to or something that somebody else is pushing on me, whether wherever it comes from, God, show me the blockage and then remove it. Help me to be aware so that I won't stumble on that particular tripping hazard again. In the holy name of your word made flesh. Jesus Christ, this I pray. Amen. Lastly, for today at least, our gospel reading from Matthew. Actually, before I go there, hang on, I'll be right back. I'm going to pause you so you wouldn't even realize I'm gone, actually. But there's something else that I want to share with you. Okay, so here it is. Um, Madeline, my spiritual director, said this. Trusting is trusting that it will not irrevocably damage my soul. And, and in the context of that, I was talking about um, these fears and what I call, and I actually think I got the phrase from my son, dark imaginings that, that flood my mind, like the worst case scenario playing out on a screen in my mind. Um, and so as we were talking through prayer, that, that was in the context. But so I believe this is true, that that's, that's a faith and that's what God has for us. And, and when we trust in God, that's the trust that whatever this terrible thing is that we are afraid of or even that we are going through or that is happening to us right now, it will not irrevocably damage our souls. Our souls are by God and let me say that another way. Um, our souls are, are are, are divine. They're made out of the very same divine substance that God is made out of. They are in God's care. We are in God's care and trust. And to entrust ourselves to God God will protect us. Our souls will not be lost. They will not be irrevocably, irrevocably damaged. I probably talked that through way more than I needed to, but trusting is trusting that it, whatever it is, will not irrevocably damage my soul. Okay, now on to Matthew. And perhaps I went a little bit overboard today. I was so glad to have somewhat unlimited time with you that... <laughs> I, I really just took lots of it. So thank you for that. Um, I'm so happy to be here with you, friends. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 through 27. And this was the piece about um, the person who hears the word of God and acting on them is like a wise person who built their house on rock. So we've read a couple of these similes comparing people who hear the word, absorb the word, and act upon the word as giving fertile soil for the word. Here it's building the house on rock. So the hearing and the doing are important. The hearing and the absorbing and the, and the turning it into action are important. And I, I think this is so because when we hear the word and then let it be become part of ourselves one of the ways that happens is 
is through action. It, it implants the words. It writes them on the insides and outsides of our beings. And the way I picture this in my mind is like sheets of vellum, beautifully illuminated on both sides, held up to the light so the words and the art together become a beautiful backlit overlapping pattern. So as I read and reread God's word and then really do my best and grace and the Holy Spirit fill in where there are any holes, I believe this, to apply these, these lessons, these messages to my actions. And one of the ways in which I do this is that I share God's love with my friends just as I have been struggling with anxiety, so also have some friends of mine. And I've reached out to my, you guys have heard me talk with such thankfulness about my community, which is strewn all over. And for help. And then it's been the most beautiful blessing to be able to pass that love and help on. So for like, for example, I'm stricken with anxiety. I reach out to a friend. That friend prays and talks with me and processes through that anxiety. And then within hours or a day, another friend reaches out to me and says, I am crying out, struggling with anxiety. And I am able to pass on all that love and prayer and help that I received to my friend. And it's so much more than paying it forward because each time it grows it becomes, there's more depth and beauty and illumination and illustration in it. And so it is not the same gift that it is, is passed on. It is, it is a, a growing and transforming gift, I guess is the way I want to say that. And so this is the way that I root myself in God and then act out God's word. This is the way in which it's manifesting in my life today. So may it continue to do so, and may God continue to show me ways that I can act out God's word, God's love. Amen. And you too, my friends. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel like afterthoughts there. All right, folks, we better wrap this up because I, I do have other things today, and I guess time is not entirely unlimited. Maybe another lesson is that when given forever, I will spend forever. <laughs> Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you, and you have promised through your well-beloved Word incarnate, Jesus Christ, that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. You are in the midst of us now. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. We live without fear, without anxiety, without distraction, without blockage. For our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.